You are listening to a Touch on the Box Deals podcast. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing? Welcome back to another exciting episode of this podcast. If you're new here, you are very much welcome. Please have a seat and enjoy listening. So this show is basically about reading stories from amazing writers, talking a little bit about movies that I enjoy watching, and learn few friendly tips to help spice up our English speaking skills. My name is Priscilla, your host for this podcast. So today, I'll be reading a super thrilling story. So the first time that I read this story, I was like, whoa, this is great. I realized how good the writer is when it came to engaging his readers. Choice of words, check. You can literally picture everything as you read. Anyway, enough of the long talk. Let's just start with this because I'm itching to start reading to you <laughs> so today i read watchedy alphas anaya a dark voyage you can tell from the title how interesting this novel is going to be alpha is a Ghanaian writer who is a final year student of the kwame Nkrumah university of science and technology he majors in english He's written many books, including Lacrimose, The Demons We Run From, Men Don't Cry, Habiba, Anaya, of course, and many more. He has many great write-ups on his blog. Link to his blog is right in the description, so you should all head over to his blog and have an amazing read. If you're a Wattpad fan, then he posts some of his stories on there as well. Link to his Wattpad page is in the description of this episode. Now and without further ado, let's get right into this because I can't wait to read to you. However, before that, let me share Psalm 91 verse 4 with you. Psalm 91 verse 4. Then he'll cover you with his pinions and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are assured in a buckler. Prologue Run, Anaya, run. Rows of tombstones stood erect in silence to the left and right, in front and behind, like a sea of the dead. Some had degenerated with the weathering of centuries. Some were smooth marble with new black writing and laid with floral tributes. Most though were overgrown and unkempt, for now even their mourners had joined them under the clay soil, and up in front of her a new grave had been dug to await its new occupant. Gathered around the newly dug grave were people, family members and loved ones. Everyone's heads were down, either crying or simply silent. Maybe it was a way for them to show respect for the dead, or they were too afraid to look at what was coming. The coffin was pulled from the hearse by four strong men, all wearing suits. 
the silence dwelled as they walked among the guarded and made their way towards the grave. The coffin wobbled as they carried it to the front and gently placed it down. The polished wood illuminated in the afternoon sun that streamed through the cemetery trees. It was expertly crafted not to bring comfort to the departed, but to soothe the living who wished that their beloved would be buried in style. The coffin built with love to be the final resting place for whoever was dead. A glance at it and you could tell that the deceased had been so adored in their lifetime. Anaya walked past them trying her best to ignore the height of raw emotions swelling in her mind. She felt for them. It was not easy to see your beloved bound to the ground that will be colored forever in vibrant tones one day. For someone who has been around so many deaths since her childhood, she knew how they felt. It's unbelievable how things can turn upside down so quickly. You see your beloved every day and they are all of a sudden gone. And when they go, part of you goes with them too. When in grieving, there is no past or future. Just leaving by the moment. Every day is measured from the moment of waking into a new reality. A reality that your loved one is no more. Until your body can do no more until sleep comes to rest your weary mind. Then you wake up again the next day and it's a cycle all over again. A cycle that never ends. Slowly, the coffin was lowered into the grave as the priest led them in prayer. Eternal rest grant unto her, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon her. May the soul of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. The guarded repeated the Amen amidst tears and sobs as the priest made his way to the grave with an expedulum, a silver ball on a stick in hand. He sprinkled holy water on the carefully lowered coffin. He wore a robe that was something like a long-sleeved black dress with black buttons from the neck down to almost the hemline where the shiny toes of black boots covered red sand could only be seen poking out. But somehow it was still manly. The black of the robe was clear and clean in comparison to the white of the white collar. A white black tasseled sash was tied around his waist and a gold cross as big as the spade in the hands of the grave digger hung from his neck. Anaya always liked being in the cemetery. It was quiet, peaceful. The dead lay still in gravestones, which silenced by the promise that they will not be forgotten, but the promise is always broken. She liked to visit the old ruined tombstones that people had never visited or cared for in a long time, and she would leave on each headstone a forget-me-not, a flower she believed was appropriate for the forgotten gravestones. She liked the way time seemed to stand still at the cemetery, the wind or moving, the birds always quiet as if they know. And for some odd reasons, she liked watching tears trailing down the 
faces of grief-stricken widows, children, family, to hear them cry out and scream, begging for a longer time with their deceased loved ones. She didn't like that they were sad. She only liked watching the raw emotion. It was beautiful. And for a second, they made her believe that the dead won't be forgotten. But to be forgotten is inevitable. They always forget. Hardly. Three to four months and then just a memory. She walked straight to the gravestones that needed care that afternoon. And after she was done giving out the flowers, she sat beside the last grave and got lost in her thoughts as she basked in solemn silence of the cemetery. The earlier burial was done. No one was at the cemetery except her. Time passed quickly, faster than she had imagined, but she seemed to have forgotten herself in time. She felt everything had come to a standstill and she was left alone with just her thoughts and emotions. She felt everything in the world had vanished and that she was in her own world where nothing really mattered. At least, that was what she felt until her perfect world was disarranged. Night had fallen quickly. It was as if a pitch black curtain had draped over the sky. The blackness was perfect, a sort of visual silence that gave revered awe. She smiled when her attention was drawn to the shimmering stars that illuminated the moonless, jet black sky as if to remind her that even in darkness there was still light. Before she could fully appreciate the beauty of the night sky and the hope the stars brought for her, a cool breeze swept the alienated graveyard. An owl flew silently overhead and perched on a tree in front of her. Its ear-like tufts were reminiscent of a teddy bear Yet it stared at her with yellow eyes, befitting a witch's cat. Its feathers were a mottled grey-brown, as it almost blended into the gloom of nightfall. It let out a series of low hoots, three, possibly four, before opening its large, rounded wings to fly away. The only sound one could hear as it took flight was the rhythmic beating of the air. And as soon as it rose high, it was carried on with the breeze too quiet. Growing up in a very superstitious African home, Anaya knew that seeing that owl meant nothing good was going to happen that night. And she felt it. In a culture, owls were viewed as harbingers of bad luck, ill health or death. It was believed that if one saw an owl or heard its hoot, someone was going to die. The thought of this made her sick. There was discomfort in her chest, sending a shiver down her spine, then it set in deeper. She felt the urge to run, escape, hide. The constricted feelings grew as if she was being strangled by the air around her. But before she could make any move, a vast blanket of white, out of nowhere, covered her. It swallowed every tombstone, every tree, everything at the cemetery. It crept around Anaya before finally coming to rest at the foot of a freshly covered grave. She stood in the still silence of the cemetery, her only comfort 
being that of the tree she had held tightly to. In the grip of silent panic, wondering where the fog had come from, the owl flew back passing over her head again, but this time it was advancing ferociously towards her. Anaya screamed as she tried to fight it off her head. She succeeded. It flew again into the darkness. Once again, fear found her. It spoke to her in its cackling voice. A shiver ran through her body like an electric current. Her first instinct was to run, and she meant to do it this time. She bolted down the grief yard path like an Olympic champion at the starting gun. She increased her pace to an all-out sprint as the fog followed her. Her breathing quickened while she forced herself through the thick whiteness. It was hard to see through the fog, but when she turned around, she could see the silhouette of something so stubbornly chased after her. She closed her eyes as she sprang forward, her heart pounding in her throat as she gasped for air. In no time, she had made her way to the outside of the cemetery, the familiar site of the town, the town she had grown up in was made hazy by the fog. It was as if someone had taken a white paint and had begun to paint the urban landscape that usually greeted her on the way outside anytime she visited the cemetery. The town was awfully silent. No one was seen on the streets and no sound was heard. With no difficulty, she located her car. She knew exactly where she had packed it. With her hands which were shaking uncontrollably, she managed to open the car. She took a deep breath when she finally sat in it. Her mind was a scattered mess. Nothing made sense to her. Anaya, Anaya, are you okay? A voice called out from the back seat. The voice was unexpected. It was low with a trace of huskiness and a whisper of power. Without thinking, she stepped on the gas pedal and the car moved at an abrupt speed. Stop the car, Anaya, stop the car. The voice from the back seat implored. She would have adhered to the demands of the voice if only she could see where it came from or who it belonged to. All she heard was a voice with no face or body and to her, that was scarier than being chased by a fog or a shadow in a fog. Her adrenaline rose higher and higher. She wanted to stop the car, but she couldn't. It was as if her leg had instinctively been glued to the gas pedal and her hands to the steering wheel. She drove faster, the fastest she had ever driven, almost 150 kilometers per hour. Out of nowhere, a figure appeared in the middle of the road in the darkness beyond the headlights. Anaya felt a scream burst out of her chapped lips. It was the type of scream that could have your blood running cold, the type that could penetrate the brain or inflame a certain primeval pathway. She stepped on the brake pedal with the same force she had gassed the car earlier, causing the car to flip. It rolled over so many times as the lights swirled like some sort of visible cosmic energy with a defining noise of the metal being bashed over the asphalt. Her body jerked onto the dashboard. Her head clashed with the window glass, then finally 
the car settled. Its tires up in the sky. Steam flowed from behind and a hissing sound could be heard. Anaya groaned as she opened her eyes slowly, tilting her head in pain to where the seat belt lock was. She struggled to free herself from the seat belt, but all her attempts failed. With every lurch, she was rewarded with more pain. The seat belt had been tagged against the skin, and the airbag was already deflating. The sound of heavy limbs dragging over the asphalt came from the darkness. Then the shadow of a figure marched on her in the dark darkness of the road, its outline barely discernible. Whatever it was, it was big. Or at least that was what Anaya thought until it got closer to her. Its skin was wrinkled like a dried date and thick like leather. It was bipedal with long, knobbly arms and a small head with an elongated mouth like a wolf, except it wasn't a wolf. From its long teeth, serrated like a stick knife, a growling snarl escaped. Anaya tried to free herself from the seatbelt and escape from whatever it was, but she couldn't. After several more failed attempts, she stopped but was hit with a rather confusing scene. The creature had stopped advancing. It stood tall, staring straight through her. It was as if it was searching for something in her, or perhaps taking its time before devouring her. But there was something comforting in its gaze. As Anaya looked into its soulless eyes, she realized that the creature was a darker, monstrous version of herself her vision became blurry it became fuzzy then she couldn't see anything her heartbeats pounded loudly through its cage ringing in her ears as her lips tried to alter something suddenly everything was dark now let's learn another idiom shall we get someone's goat this means to irritate someone deeply. For example, Antoinette got my goat when she let the cat out of the bag to Cece. Chapter 1. Red Letter Day At the very outskirts of the town stood an abandoned old pig slaughterhouse. It stood alone in the middle of nowhere as if it had chosen solitude for itself. What was once a sole producer of the towns and neighboring towns pigmeat now looked decrepit like it was falling apart. It actually was. The glass windows were covered in dust and many were shattered. The door hinges were all rusted. There were cobwebs in the corners. The drains were clogged with dirt and waste. Strikes of sunlight lighted up in the dark and musty reminiscence of what used to be a hanging room. Obsolete bits of rusted slaughterhouse equipment, hooks, pig splitting saws, bleed and dressing rails, hook cutters, etc. seemed perfectly at home within the sharp covered walls of the room. There was water dripping from the roof, rhythmically generating a morose melody. On a rusted table lay a body, a naked body of a woman, probably in her late twenties. Her ebony dark skin looked pale under the sunlight that shone on her. She had a shapely figure 
and a sable black hair that was so messy. She woke up suddenly and sat straight on the table. Her heart beat fast and her eyes went round as if she had awoken from a very bad dream. She tried to figure out where she was but couldn't, not with constant buzzing in her mind. It was as if a thousand beads were housed in there always. She suffered from tinnitus. It hurt. She winced in pain as she lowered her head. She could feel her head spinning. It wasn't just her head that hurt. Her body also felt like she was being battered in every part. Without putting in any thoughts, she jumped down from the table. A streak of pain shot through her body like a spark. Face contorted and eyes clenched tightly, she landed barefoot on the cold, moisty floor. At first, she did not notice it. All she wanted to do was to get out of there. But as she lowered her head in suspicion of what she had stepped in, she staggered back at the sight of the red liquid on the floor. It seemed to be flowing from somewhere. Her glistening eye followed the line. Then she walked slowly, curiosity written all over her face, towards the source. A repulsive smell hit her nose as she moved closer. It was like a lot of things had died in there. One couldn't ascribe the stench to a particular fount. Curiosity overtook her sense of fear as she followed the red liquid trail. Unexpectedly, a rat ran out of the room ahead giving her a great scare. She shouted as fear crossed her face. A mischief of rats raced out of the room in a frenzy. A sea of frightened animals. She entered the room and was met with the most horrifying scene she had ever seen. Her sight was met with the lifeless body of a woman. The corpse was almost devoid of skin and ravaged by the rats and other insects. Where there had been smooth skin was torn muzzle. There was nothing left of her face. It was all gone, either rotting or eaten by the rats. About three to five dead rats lay beside her rotten, almost the same as she was. Anaya turned away and walked out of the room. The musky smell of the rotten body fell in her nostrils. She tried to close her eyes and concentrate on something beautiful, pure, holy, a distraction from anything but that moment. She couldn't get herself to think of anything else. What happened was the next question her mind could come up with. Everything was hazy. She remembered best of what had happened, but not everything. Nothing made sense to her now that she thought of it. Where was she and what was she doing there? What day was it and how many days had she been there? Whatever the answers may be, she hoped to find before she lost her shit. Sorry. <laughs> her attention was brought back to the dead body in front of her. Beside the left leg of the corpse lay a sort of paper drenched in blood. It had the words to Anaya written at the back. She covered her nose with her hand and walked back to the room, her eyes set on the paper. It was still wet and covered in a slimy liquid when she picked it up. She opened it the second she dashed out of the room. 
The rotten body smell was more tolerable outside the room. With her eyes firmly fixed on the paper, she read its content. Dear Anaya, the body you're wearing used to be mine. I'm writing this letter to you for your survival. You might be confused and shocked right now, I know, but you would have to do everything I say if you'd want to find out the truth of what happened to you. Also, I know you have a lot of questions. I promise to answer all, but first things first. Just turn to your right, walk to the window, and look through the mirror. As if on cue, she turned to her right and there was a window, just as the letter said. She knew how strange that was and she sure as hell wanted to know that was possible, but she had more pressing questions in her mind. And it wasn't like there was anyone that answer her if she asked anyway. Ignoring the obvious question about the mirror, she walked slowly, naked and confused, to the window and did what the letter said. She wasn't ready for what she saw. She froze when she saw someone else but herself in the glass window. She stared at her reflection, or more specifically, her neck and face. A long jacked scar snaked down the right side of her neck. It was an unusual looking scar. The skin around the scar was also slightly discolored, even on the ebony dark skin, suggesting that it had not been healed properly. It was a recent wound. She moved her hand slowly to the face she wore and slightly brushed down the scar. Tracing the jagged line slowly with the tips of her fingers, as if to wonder what could have happened to the owner of the body. But that wasn't the only question in her mind. She sighed and averted her gaze from the glass, her eyes tearing up. Her brain stuttered for a moment and her eyes didn't blink. Every part of her went on pause while her thoughts caught up. She stood as if paralyzed from the neck up, unable to make any move. How was any of this possible? Why would anyone do this to her? She hoped to find the answers she needed in the letter. She continued reading it. And now we've come to the end of chapter one. And now to a movie of the day, you remember I said I was going to talk about a lot of Korean movies, right? Good. I'm going to start talking about a lot of them starting from this episode. Metamorphosis. This is a 2019 Korean horror movie. This movie is about a face-changing evil spirit which infiltrates a family, placing one brother in danger while the other tries to save him. I really love horror movies, but I should say the first time that I watched this movie, it got me so scared. I was like, I like horror movies too, but this one day, it has overed me. It literally overed me. Hey, boy. Anyway, <laughs> I remember telling one of my sisters to watch the movie. Right after we were done watching, she was like, ah, you too. Why did you make me watch this movie at this time? Now, how am I going to sleep? She was able to sleep too. Eh? She was just disturbing my brains and my mind. Anyway, if you're a fan of horror movies, then I know you're going to love this one. 
you should definitely add it to your list of movies. Now we've come to the end of today's episode. Yes, I know today's episode has been so long, but it's all good, right? Mm-hmm. I feel so sad when we come to the end of an episode, but we have to end it, right? Good. As usual, don't forget to share with your friends, like, comment, follow, and please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Click on the link in the description to connect with Alpha on Instagram at let underscore alpha underscore right. You can also connect with me at etouch underscore on underscore the box tales. See you next time. Adios.